0: Visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T EquityGroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: A lot of people think they're going to get into this business and just, it's a get rich quick scheme. This is not a get rich quick business. This is a get rich business and I don't want to sugarcoat anything.
2: Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit Uh, Just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fund That Flip, you know Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fund That Flip and they're a sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip And that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you gotta do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've gotta qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre approval line of credit because this is a way that's gonna help your short term rehab loan happen. Because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. And by the way, before we get into it, if you haven't had a chance to go get the book, then what are you waiting for? Go get the best real estate investing advice ever, Volume One. Barbara Corcoran said this is a no-fluff real estate investing book that beginning and experienced investors can benefit from reading. Go on Amazon, search my name, Joe Fairless, and you'll find the book. With us today, we've got an experienced wholesaler and fix and flipper who's also doing some buying holds with the properties. How you doing, Connor Steinbrook?
1: I'm doing good, thankful to be here.
2: Yeah. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Connor. He is the founder and owner of Connor Buys Houses. He wholesaled 40 houses in 2014 and rehabs four to six houses at a time now. He started in real estate in 2011. First six months, not so hot. He ran up $60,000 in debt but then turn things around. He's based in Plano, Texas. For anyone who's not familiar with Plano, it's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just north of Dallas. And you can say hi to him at connorbuyshouses.com. With that being said, Connor, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, so um, kind of like a lot of most college kids, I went off to school. And uh, the online poker boom happened back in 2003. It was a hobby of mine. Somehow I just took off I was a high stakes poker player for about eight, nine years from 2003, to 2011. And then during 2011, there's Black Friday, April 15th, which some of y'all who play poker probably know the government came and shut down these websites. And there's a lot of politics that went into play, but overnight, myself, my friends and our entire industry lost everything we had known overnight. And so I had to kind of go out and figure out what I was going to do. I didn't really particularly want to go and get a job. You know, I'd been running my own life now for almost a decade, and I just knew that I was going to have to go and create a job for myself somehow. So I looked into some other types of businesses. I went and got my insurance license, did that for a little bit, knew that wasn't going to work out, wasn't something I liked doing. Tried a couple other things and just fell into real estate. And when I did, I knew that this was what I was going to do. And like I said, it's it probably 2014 when I jumped into real estate, beginning of 2014, did not go well. Tried everything, bought all sorts of. Training programs got ripped off by a big national training company, dropped $30,000. Just went through a lot of the heartbreak that a lot of y'all go through. I would uh, just kept studying and learning and doing everything I could. And eventually it kind of got to where it turned around for me. But that's kind of how I got into real estate. I went through the Carlton Sheets program way back in college, like 10 years ago, and then never did anything with it. And then kind of just Came back to it, so it was kind of almost like I was going to go into real estate all along, but it was a long road to get back to it.
2: So many questions. First, I want to just wrap up the poker era that you had 2003 to 2011. You were doing online poker, that's how you're making a living. How much were you making a year?
1: It just depended on every year, there's a lot of variance in the game, <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, on average. Oh, low six figure income. I did really, really well. I got to basically the top of the world. I was playing twenty-five, fifty games, five thousand dollar buy-ins. You know, I was going up and down seven, ten thousand dollars every day, and so I was kind of glad that I found something that was a little more stable. But um, it was good while it lasted, and I'd still be doing it now probably. But I kind of hit a plateau where I don't know how much higher I could have gone. And um, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel in real estate seems to be a lot brighter at the moment, and so. kind of looking back what seemed to be the worst event in my life now kind of seems like a blessing and I'm kind of thankful that it did happen even though while I was going through it it was really rough but yeah in 2011 the government shut down the websites they seized full tilt poker and poker stars the two major sites at the time you know a lot of money was lost and
2: did you lose any money there
1: yeah I did I had a bunch of money tied up on the sites and
2: how much did you lose that was tied up
1: um between like well we had you know kind of like points that you get back. I had tens of thousands of dollars in free points that could be traded for cash and stuff like that. And I also had tens of thousands of dollars tied up.
2: So then you got your insurance license. That didn't work out. You spent $30,000 on a training program. What did you get for that $30,000?
1: I got about the equivalent to a two-week YouTube education, pretty much just the basics one-on-one. So I did well in poker, but to fade the learning curve and to get to where I got towards, you know, where I was profitable, it took a number of years because I kind of just wanted it on my own. So when I jumped into real estate, I said, I want to accelerate this learning curve here. And so mm-hmm. I basically went out, got caught up in the same thing a lot of people do at the weekend boot camps, and got drug into a, one of those companies and I dropped $30,000. They basically sold it in an unethical way. I don't
2: What about it was unethical? And I asked just for the best ever listeners if they're coming across this.
1: The guys that are at those weekend boot camp seminars are getting paid commissions to sell these programs. So they're going to say whatever you want. Like we heard lines like, you can throw a rock outside and hit a deal. Finding deals are like find a grain of sand on the seashore. They basically made us think it was as easy as going and calling a realtor and just saying, I'll take this property and turning around and flipping it. Like they just really watered it down The education level for a new investor is so limited that we don't really know the difficulty of the business. Like, you know, they basically make you think you're going to jump in and wholesale 10, 15 houses in the first month for 10 grand a piece and make your money back. And once they get you signed up, they're doing pressure tactics, putting people in there to buy the programs on their credit cards. Now, I'm a relatively young guy. So things went wrong for me. It was okay. But I just, you know, looking back, they were doing this to the older generation people, and they were retired, retirement accounts, and I just...
2: Okay. That's helpful information. I'm sure it's still kind of not a sore subject because you've moved on, but something that you find as a character-building experience, that's what I like to say. And so we'll keep rolling into where you're at right now, and that is you wholesaled 40 houses in 2014. So you went from doing well in poker, insurance not so much, wasn't your thing. Spending 30000 on seminars, where'd the other 30000 go that you in debt? It's because you're in total 60000 in debt.
1: Yeah, I made a lot of money in poker, and I was kind of like a lot of young guys that didn't. In that new money stage, I squandered it all. When I started this business, I had a little over twenty grand cash. I put it all up for the training company. That didn't work out, so I then started buying every home study course I could find, $500 here, 2000 there, I was buying books, audios, you know, doing all sorts of stuff, traveling to boot camps, and and I had my living expenses, and then the experimentation of marketing dropped almost ten grand on mailers that I had no idea what I was doing, and and a lot of the reason why I couldn't monetize those leads and convert those leads was because I had never really spoken with these sellers, I didn't know what a deal was, and so I paid for all this money in marketing, but when the leads came in, I couldn't really capitalize on them. So I went through a long time where I was working hundred hour weeks all day, every day, just trying to figure it out. And it got towards the end of twenty fourteen, I got to where I was basically between sixty and seventy thousand dollars in debt. I couldn't take any more credit. I had no money to market. It's a little embarrassing, but I literally had to go get a seasonal part time job at Academy Sports and Outdoors just to pay my bills, just so I could basically make it. Kind of like this people talk about that day that changes everything for them. There's one day. Couple of days before Christmas, this day was just imprinted in my mind. I, I get called over to sporting section, and there's an 18 year old kid, my manager, who's <laughs> now above me in life. You know, I have a business marketing degree, made over a million dollars playing poker. Here I am working for nine dollars an hour. Some kid had spilled fifty thousand airsoft BBs all over the floor. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, for real. And so my manager hands me a, a sweep broom and says, sweep it up. And then these little plastic BBs are bouncing off the back of rolling back out. And it, it took me like hours and hours and I'll just, just never forget because it was like in slow motion. I was in deep reflection. It was very humbling, very surreal. And I was just, how did things get to this point? Have I ruined my life? You know, am I ever going to get out of this? Because I jumped into real estate over ambitious, you know, thinking it was going to be a lot easier. At that moment, I was just like, I don't care if I ever eat, sleep ever again. I'm going to figure this out. And at that time, Craigslist was still At a point where ads would stick and you wouldn't have to kind of go through all the hurdles that everybody's going through now on there. And I was just posting hundreds of ads on Craigslist. That was neighborhood canvassing. I was walking door to door. I taught myself how to do search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. Um one of the things that a lot of new investors need to get to work on is if you don't have a buyer's list, you don't have a business. And and so I one thing I did do was I built a large buyer's list really quick of thousands of investors and I wasn't able to find the deals, but I was able to go to these REI clubs where other investors that were able to find the deals but couldn't move the deals. And I would go and market myself as someone that can move these deals in. So I started doing some small joint venture wholesale deals, started closing deals like 1000 thousand, two thousand, three thousand. 2000 3000 They got up to 5000 15000 And by the end of less than a year later, after I was working at Academy, that next November, I closed two deals in a week. One was almost $80,000. Another one was almost 20000 So I went from making nine, ten dollars an hour to less than a year later, making $100,000 in a week. And that was when I was like, this is going to work. And I just haven't looked back and I moved from, so I was able to uh, produce a good year tax return the next year. So banks start working with me, do some like uh, buying these properties, rehabbing up, refinancing out, flipping houses, using hard money or private money, borrowing people's money, self-directed IRA accounts, um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I'm also now looking more into just getting into developing these houses just to get away from all these old houses I've been working on.
2: I love that story. I'm right there, and I'm sure the best ever listeners are right there with you whenever you were sweeping up those 50,000 BBs. I feel like you put us right there as you're telling that story. You said after that, you made a commitment. It was at one moment before Christmas, and then you taught yourself SEO. You taught yourself door-to-door. You did the door-to-door. You also mentioned if you don't have a buyer's list, you don't have a business. Out of all these things, because two of them are tactics, and you also said you did joint ventures, out of all those, the philosophy as well as those tactics, what's the most important that you did that turned it around?
1: Craigslist basically is what saved me. I don't do too much Craigslist marketing now just because of all the hurdles to get your ads to stay up. It does still work. I do still get deals. But um, joint venture wholesale deals is probably the single most powerful strategy in real estate. I mean, I just did one last week where I made $10,000 in 30 minutes worth of work. Once you've built that foundation of a buyer's list and that you can move these deals with the push of a button through email marketing or text message marketing or however you're going to do it, now it's about positioning yourself to the newer investors because they're going to stumble across a deal. Everyone's going to stumble across a deal, but they can't exit that deal and monetize that deal. And so if they're bringing you a deal where there's $15,000 in wholesale profit, you're going to make 50% of that deal. And it's so powerful because you have none of your own money marketing in it. You have very little time, as much time as it takes to send out a flyer. A lot of times I'm doing virtual wholesale deals now where I don't ever go to see the property. I don't ever see the seller. I talk to them over the phone. I get it docu-signed. I send out my marketing to my buyer's list. My buyers go view the property, so sometimes I'm even selling these properties to buyers that I've never met. They're opting in through all sorts of squeeze pages I have, and then they go to closing, and title company wires money into my bank account. So everything to be able to get to where you're doing one deal a month, two deals a month, to get up to where you're doing multiple deals a month, you're going to have to leverage your time a little bit better, And, and DFW is real large, so you can't be running from Dallas to Fort Worth to Denton to Mesquite. You're just going to waste all your time. You're not going to be getting the deal flow and to really scale to where you want to be, um, which is what a lot of y'all are trying to get to.
2: Where are your squeeze pages? You said you have them in multiple places.
1: We run them on classified sites. A lot of uh, social media marketing drives traffic to it. I have virtual assistants run all my social media stuff for me. So we sometimes do paid Facebook ads. We do YouTube videos. I mean, literally, you can scale a buyer's list using Craigslist extremely quickly. Also, you know, Bandit Signs will build your buyer's list. Um, when I started, you know, I would go to other larger wholesalers showings and meet all these people. I'd go down to auctions. Like right now, if you went to Google, sell your house fast, sell my house fast, we buy houses, and typed in the main major cities you're looking for, you could probably build a buyer's list of 100 people this week.
2: How do you do that again?
1: If you just simply through search engine optimization, if you go to Google and you type in We Buy Houses Dallas, Uh right? you're going to have all the pay-per-click ads. You're going to have all the organic searches. And so a lot of these sites will have an email address on their site, but a lot of them, you can either do it yourself or you can pay an assistant to do it. Just call them up, tell them what you're doing. These people, you want to respect their time because they're busy. So don't go through some long spiel, you know, what's your buying criteria, how many bedrooms and baths, you know, that you're just going to annoy these people. All you need to do is capture their email address, basically. So you simply just call them up. My name is Connor Steinberg. I came across your information online. I'm selling discount properties in your area. Would you like to be added to my buyer's list? Simple as that. On mm-hmm. and off the in 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, sure. Okay. Get them to text you their email address so that you don't write it down wrong and you just add it to your buyer's list. But you can scale a buyer's list really quick just doing that.
2: Wow. That's so simple and effective. Yeah. You said that you've got assistants doing your social media marketing. Where did you find them?
1: I use a company out of the Philippines. that's called VA for REI. They're already trained for real estate investors. You can get ones that speak better English than we do. You can have them do whatever. I mean, Pretty much anything that's a repetitive task that you need done through the internet, they can do it. I have not put together my property flyers that I send out for my wholesale deals. I have them do my social media, email marketing. They do a lot for me. I pay like $3 an hour. I think they'll charge you more like $4 or $5 an hour. I have a deal worked out with them for different reasons. But for someone new, you could probably get anywhere from $4 or $5 an hour. You can also go on Odesk and Fiverr, uh, I think one of them changed their name, actually. I can't think of it right yeah,
2: now. Yeah, it was Odesk, and now it's Upwork, I think.
1: That's right. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. so they're, they're really not that hard to find, but you're going to have to kind of vet them a little bit. You know, once you start having assistants around you or virtual assistants, you're going to have a new learning curve on how to work with them. You need to give them tasks that you know how long it takes to do those tasks yourself. Like, you can't give them anything that you haven't done and learned on your own already because... Mm-hmm. You need to know if you're paying them too much or if they're not getting things done. And I've been through a lot of them, but now you know I, I have one that's so good right now. I'm talking about just flying her to America and you know, hiring <laughs> her and giving her a full-time job because she does so much for me. I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that I found her.
2: When you look at all your marketing techniques, what's the most effective right now?
1: It's market-specific. I'm doing a lot of uh, little owner finance deals and rental properties up in some secondary markets. In These secondary markets, they're a little bit older. A lot of people don't have internet connection. They rarely leave their house maybe once a month. They all have their houses free and clear. And what we do is we just do mass bandit signs. But you have to be putting them in the neighborhood. And the way I do this is I leverage other people's time. I find young guys that are wanting to break through in the business I teach them what to do. Um, they get their own signs. They go find these deals. They bring them to me. So say you have 50 guys putting out 50 signs a weekend. You can't do it on your own. Like in the beginning, you're going to have to do things on your own because you're not going to have any money. But as you close deals and scale and bring some capital into the business, you have to leverage your time better if you want to scale. And so bandit signs in smaller areas, older areas work really good. I wouldn't be putting them in nicer, newer areas I do a lot of internet marketing, run radio ads. Never had much luck with billboards, too much. But if you have them in the right place, they will work.
2: Are the radio um, ads effective?
1: They're hit and miss. A lot has to do with you know cost per lead. I wouldn't be paying more than $20 an ad. With everything in your marketing, there's a variance. So you know we do about 20 different lead generation models right now. And there's probably not one that's just like, If you were to put it on like a a bar graph to try to see which one stands out, there's probably not one that's just really out there. We're pulling three, five deals a year from a lot of different types of generation models.
2: You said that you made $10,000 in 30 minutes of work through a joint venture partnership. Is that from someone who you're teaching the business and they're going to find properties and they're like, hey, I got this deal?
1: Well, that's a good way to do it. This is a good way to do it. Go make relationships with a lot of rehabbers in your market. So everybody's kind of got their go-to thing that they do. I'm kind of a little bit of a unique case where I do a little bit of everything. I kind of just take each lead and address it as they come in. But there's a lot of people who are only rehabbers or only buy and hold guys. And so if you have someone that's pumping five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 out a month in marketing and they're only rehabbing houses, well, a lot of those leads that are coming into their business are going to be retail leads or they're going to be leads that only a landlord can take on. So if you're a real estate agent, you should be working with these people because you can get listings. And if you're a, a, a buy and hold investor, you should be working with rehabbers as well. But as a wholesaler, if you have a big buyer's list of people who are buying these properties, paying a little bit more, like right now I can wholesale houses at 80 cents on the dollar all day. And so that rehabber doesn't have a buyer's list to move them Well, he can come to me. I'll send him out to my buyer's list. We split the profit 50-50. So... This last deal was a guy who does quite a bit of rehabs here. He has a small buyer's list. He tried to sell it for three weeks, couldn't sell it, sent it to me. I put it out there. Literally within an hour, it was sold. So that's how fast it can happen. But it, now it takes a lot of work and time and energy and money on the front side to build a, a powerful buyer's list like that. Once you do have it, it's as good as gold. I mean, even if like if I were to go bankrupt tonight, I would just knock doors and do free Craigslist marketing or something like that until I found a deal. And because of that buyer's list, I'd be right back in, in business within a couple weeks.
2: Connor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Um, work hard. Like a lot of people think they're going to get into this business and just it's a get rich quick scheme. This is not a get rich quick business. This is a get rich business and I don't want to sugarcoat anything. When I got in the business, I set a goal to work a thousand days straight. It's been close to that now. I haven't taken a day off. I work a hundred hours a week. It was harder in the beginning, but to go from running up $60,000 in debt to the next year making hundreds of thousands of dollars and to building a portfolio, you're only going to get there if you're working hard. You have to work on your self-development. I'm a big believer in get rid of the TV and pick up a book. I read at least a book a week on all sorts of topics: sales, negotiations, body language, NLP. There's a lot of things that you're going to have to do outside of this business that are going to make you good at this business. When you're going in there, and especially a competitive market like ours right now, and you're one of five or six, seven people in there trying to get the house, you better be able to distinguish yourself in some way. And a lot of that has to do with nonverbal communication on a subconscious level, connecting with these sellers and just making them feel comfortable. They may not know why they chose you, but they just will. And so a lot of my success has just come from working hard, probably what most people would say too much, but... I feel like I'm trying to replace a decade lost in the poker world and gain back because I'm here now 31. So I'm just trying to catch up is, is what I feel like. But if you're working 40 hours a week, you need to be coming home and working another 40 hours a week on your business. Cause it, it takes a lot of time. Once you start bringing capital in, it comes in exponentially. So it's a snowball. So it starts picking up. But in the beginning, if you're not working hard, I see so many people drop out of this business, and they just don't work hard enough. That's all there is to it. There's nothing special about this business. It's it's really a hustle business. You just have to get out there and do it all day, every day, until it works for you.
2: I'm blown away by the commitment that you've made, working a thousand days straight, working fourteen-hour days, because that's what 100 hours a week equates out to. Pretty incredible story, and I can tell you're also a very intense, kind of goal-driven guy. So I believe that. You're doing what you say you're doing, especially based on the results. You ready for the best ever lightning round? (laughs) Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles, who was a guest on episode 289. His company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at MaverickInvestorGroup.com forward slash best ever. That's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K InvestorGroup.com forward slash best ever. Well, you read a book a week, so what's the best ever book you've read?
1: Oh, man. Um I'm trying to think of one that's not kind of cliche, you know. I like the rhinoceros success books. I don't know if you ever read those. Just talking about like being a rhino, charging through any obstacle you get. I like a lot of books by Brian Tracy, Eat That Frog. I'm real big on systems. You know, I've read all the Kiyosaki books. You know, there's a book called Start With Why
2: Simon Sinek.
1: Yeah, some of the ones I've read lately, it's, you know. Okay. Obviously, obviously, there's, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad and The One Thing and all the normal ones, but you know, there's books like I read a lot of biographies. You know, a lot of stuff like How to Talk to Anyone in 92, all the Dale Carnegie books, Norman Vincent Peale, John Maxwell. I'm real big in, like, watching audio and YouTube videos with John Proctor, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, you know, Napoleon. I could probably give you a list of, like, 100 books.
2: (laughs) Best ever personal growth experience and what would you learn from it?
1: Probably being humbled through the whole process of losing my career and going through this long journey and, you know, ending up, like I said, working... Part time trying to just you know figure out how did this happen to me and then just pulling out of it I feel like basically I could probably do anything and to be able to come from and had actually way less than nothing I just now know that don't take life so serious that things can turn around and so a lot of y'all who are struggling out there right now just if you just keep going just don't give up because if I quit month four month five I would have never have known the turnaround that I would had so tomorrow could be the day that you get that next big deal always pick up your phone because you never know when it's going to be an $80,000 deal.
2: Best ever deal you've done?
1: That one, eighty thousand.
2: Best ever way you like to give back?
1: I do a lot of mentoring and coaching to people now. I don't charge anybody. I just do it all for free because I struggled so hard. I did have a few mentors that helped me and were uh, generous with their time. So I'm just giving back that way. One of my students is, I guess he's a student, I call him a friend of mine. He's doing really well. He just quit his job. So it's good to see Things are changing for people. I know from some of the help that I've been, been giving them.
2: What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate?
1: Um, I bought a mobile home, but didn't buy the mobile home. I closed on the land. I bought a mobile home on land, and I closed on just the land without buying the mobile home, and ended up almost getting sued over it, and <laughs> I had to settle. So, if you're buying mobile homes. You need to get what's called an SOL, Statement of Ownership and Location, and you need to be going through the Texas Housing and Community Affairs. So be careful because a mobile home is not the same as a single-family house. It is, it's personal property no different than a car. So you have to go through a little bit different process to purchase these. So be careful or you're going to end up getting sued.
2: Like yeah, that. great tip. I haven't heard that one before. What's the best place that best-ever listeners can reach you?
1: You can go to either one of my websites, com or metroplexinvest.com. You can find me on social media. My phone number is uh, 469-855-6963. You can call me or text me on that number.
2: Connor, you gave so many tips and advice and good pieces of information. I don't know where to begin for the summary. So I'm just going to talk about a couple things that I have bolded here. But I have like amazing amount of notes and things like, oh my gosh, wholesalers, and fix and flippers, in particular wholesalers, are going to get a lot out of this. But even every real estate entrepreneur, from a psychology standpoint, the hardest thing to do is to go from a six-figure income to nothing. Compare that to no income and not knowing what it tastes like to have that type of success. So you going from there to sweeping up 50,000 little BBs, plastic BBs with the 18-year-old manager who's barely but younger than you at the time to then working there for a year. That's the thing. You were there for one entire year, 365 days you were working part-time at Academy to make ends meet.
1: I was only there for like the seasonal period, but I did have to go because I literally I had to pay my bills. Otherwise, I was done like. It was only for like a month, but it had to happen, I guess, for me to get to where I was going. It's kind of how I see it now. Yeah,
2: agreed. So putting the months and the time aside, thanks for clarifying, though, just to make sure we're speaking facts. You took a part-time job Mm -hmm. when you knew you had to make money to make ends meet. And you had that part-time commitment for a year, even though it was seasonal. You still had to have that commitment for a year. And you did the joint venture deals, which is the most powerful aspect or strategy that you mentioned, where recently you said you made $10,000 with 30 minutes of work. But just like myself, if I have a deal and I send it to one of my investors and he funds the whole thing, well, it might have taken me a couple hours to actually have that conversation and raise $2 bucks, but it took me... Three years to have my business be at that point, and lots of podcast episodes and lots of yeah. social media stuff. And there's a lot that leads into that. So, thanks for sharing the joint venture strategy as well as very tactical the VA4REI.com. I found the URL, it's the number four. So, VA, the number four, REI.com. So, virtual assistance for real estate investors. I've never heard of them before, but I am going to check them out. And your focus on, on Craigslist and then also how to build a buyer's list. So, for anyone listening, if you're looking to build a buyer's list, then do what Connor was saying and just Google, we buy houses, and then Cincinnati, Dallas, New York, Los Angeles, call them. He just gave you the script. I didn't write down your script, but you just said like a two liner script and then have them text you the number. And then you can build a buyer's list in a week in probably five different markets if you're going slow. So just a lot of really good practical information. Really grateful you're on the show. What you focus on is not what I focus on, but I got a lot out of this conversation. So I know that best ever listeners who are focused on wholesaling will be blown away by this. And people who aren't will get a lot out of this too, because I definitely did. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Chad, thank you. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles, who was a guest on episode 289, his company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at maverickinvestorgroup.com forward slash best ever, that's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K investorgroup.com dot com forward slash best ever.